all-new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C-A-N-O-T-A-M-B-O-S.com and enter promo code Turned Up. One word, Turned Up, for 20% off. Cano Tambos. And I'll just start this. Are you there? Hey, hey. I'm over here. I'm down here on the blue track. Now they sing about making love in today's music, and we should sing about being in love. 16 Candles, we did 28 takes, and the band hated us. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, offering a glimpse inside the music industry, shedding light on things they don't want you to know, and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast, presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones. As long as I don't see you peeking into my windows, then... And Robert Venable. It doesn't happen. It doesn't matter if he doesn't see you. Good morning, Robert. Hey! Hey, good afternoon, Jake. Good evening to y'all. Good late night to everybody else. I don't know. That third shifter. Oh, yeah. Our <laughs> friends that are actually listening to us. We know that there are a handful of them who listen to us while they work at um, the GM plant. Yeah, that's what I was about right to down say. down the road from Nashville here. What's up? What's up, our GM peeps? Christina, Andrew, Josh. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. All the rest of you. Um, building cars. For real. Building, building some good cars. Um I'm excited about this episode, Robert. Uh, me too. Jake, I just wanted to repeat what you said. Right, doesn't it, doesn't it feel good when somebody addresses you and then says your name afterwards? I don't know. It feels good to me. Isn't that a sales technique that when you're talking to somebody, you say their name? First of all, you get to remember it. Second of all, it makes it more personable and I don't know. What do you think, Jake? Well, uh, I, I don't know, Robert. The thing is, um, when I teach my sales classes on weekends, I generally tell people to- your, You mean your webinars? The webinars that you do on the- my webinars, man. <laughs> so here it is. It's February. It is February. February is upon us. February. That's a lot and, of R's. And uh, February is my favorite month because it's my birth month. That's why it's your favorite month. That's the only reason. Let me tell you a birth story. It was a dark and stormy night, and you were charging through. Your mom was in a great deal of pain. It was raining outside. Uh, I don't. You're, I don't remember how it goes from there. <laughs> saw the light followed saw the tunnel the light. well I know that it was like 8 o'clock in the morning it was a dark and stormy morning and um we don't have to talk about that that's gross uh I was thing, I hatched Jake. out of an egg this is <laughs> delivered by the stork everybody knows that speaking of shout out to save the storks uh that will be my birthday fundraiser uh for save the storks February 16th so you'll be seeing that uh, in a couple weeks However, that has nothing to do with this podcast. Where are we going here, Jake? What's well, happening? Well, it's February, which is Black History Month. February. Right? Um, sorry. Yeah, it is. It's or African American History African Month. African American History depending Month. Depending on which website you look at. Right. <laughs> or what country you live in or, or whatever. But you get the idea. Uh, it's a month where we honor uh, and celebrate um, so many amazing African Americans in our history and heritage as Americans and uh, the incredible contribution that they've they've given to our society and, and to specifically to the music industry that we're going to talk about a little bit today. Exactly. So this week we are honored to talk with JT Carter of the crest or the crests. 
singular right. or plural. We'll learn that here in a minute. So, um, JT, the, the Cress uh, are responsible for one of my favorite songs, um, 16 Candles. 16 Candles. And we're going to actually share a few secrets about that song um, in this phone call that we had with with JT here in a few minutes. So JT was so gracious to talk to us about it. And uh, and we learned a lot about uh, that. I mean, that song came out in the 1950s. So uh, a man that was out touring and at the top of his game, really rubbing shoulders with the biggest and best artist of the 50s and don't, 60s. Don't, don't. I want to say some names, but I'm not going to. I'm serious. Uh, there is one bit of information about a particular musician <laughs> oh, right. that was playing for his band before anybody knew who he was. And uh, I, he literally said it so nonchalant and casually. And both Robert like, wait, and what, my Josh who? dropped. What? Yes. <laughs> um, this guy is is not only a very, very super, like ridiculously talented singer and songwriter and musician, He's a phenomenal human in, in general, like just For in life. Real. The things that he had to say and uh, knowing what we know about him and his whole career and the ego he should have and the life he should be leading, he is definitely 100% grounded and speaks from the heart. Um, he did drop a few bombs, um, not, not, not F-bombs, not those kind of bombs, <laughs> um, but some truth bombs on the industry and uh, some funny things and some stories and some interesting things that that... I just, my, our jaws dropped. We got the little goose pimples on our arms, uh, Jake and I did, and uh, things that I think you'd be interested in hearing. Well, and something that you said, Robert, uh, talking about him being so grounded, uh, the music industry as it is in 2019 has a way of doing that for artists, uh, kind of keeping you grounded whether you want to be or not, which we'll talk about that as well uh, and kind of where he's at today. Um but before we go any further, let me tell you about my best friend, the man sitting in the room, Robert Venable. He is an accomplished producer, engineer, uh, extraordinaire. He's a songwriter with Shoalsville uh, Music Publishing. Uh, the guy has written country hits, rock hits. He has gold records, Dove Awards, Grammy nominations. He's worked with the likes of Kelly Clarkson, 21 Pilots, Mute Math, Megadeth, DMX, Rough Riders. Rough Riders! <laughs> Need I keep going? Uh, the guy is so accomplished. He really knows his stuff. I am inspired every single time I work with him and honored to to call him my friend and colleague. Um, one of my favorite things about Robert is the this new form of juggling that he recently invented, and they're actually talking about putting it in the Olympics. Why don't you tell us about it, Robert? Awesome. I would love to tell you about my new form of juggling. Uh, a lot of the traditional jugglists um, and juggalos that we know are definitely juggle with more than one ball. Were you going to say something, Jake? You inhaled like you were going to say something. Jugglists. That was... The jugglist? Yeah, the jugglist. If you're in the industry, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I have, after watching a Netflix special on minimalizing, gone down to one ball. And I like to just toss it from one arm to the other arm um, without using my hands. Just try to make it land like on the little, like if you bend your arm where your elbow is, just like toss it from one side to the other like this. And then just back and forth. I like there's one. Uh, and, and I know you can't see it right now, but Robert is actually, he pulled his, uh, his practice juggling ball out of his There's pocket one. and is, that's the sound your ears. Um, There's one. you're doing really good. There's one. really good. Great form. So you actually, uh, you were responsible for the panel of There's judges one. that are going to be at the Nashville juggling expo next month. 
Um, and you had to select a unique panel of judges because it is the, uh, what did you call it? Mono, uh, mono ball. But so what, what is it called again? That form of juggling. Uh, that's, that's great that you asked that question. Um, it is called monogling. It's juggling with a mono ball. It's monogling, and it's monogling. Uh, did okay. not make that up. So those uh, so those monogling judges yeah. uh, were select were handpicked by you because they all have the first name Montel. So far, I'm up to two. I've got Montel Williams and Montel Jordan, who will okay. both be the the monogling judges. If you want to sign up for that, you can go to uh, robertvenable.monogling forward slash dot org c a dot edu. edu. Yeah. And, uh, and that's use promo code, um, monogling for life for life. Yep. Yeah. That's that's all one word, all lowercase. I stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, (laughs) congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, the man with the jokes and the yokes on the other side of the room, the, the regular traditional jugglist is Jake Jones. Um, I am learning. That's not even a lie. (laughs) I have juggling balls sitting right beside him. That was what I was throwing up in the air when I was going one. There's one. And that's a, it's actually I, a juggling ball. Here. I actually got a set of juggling balls and an instruction manual for Christmas, all in this beautiful wooden box, and uh, and it's something mm-hmm. that I intend to do in 2019. That's my New Year's resolution. Everybody's trying to get fit. I'm trying to learn how to juggle. <laughs> you can do that sitting down. There is a guy at my gym who juggles while he's on the treadmill. Not lying. I've also seen him ju- like juggling and running around town. But that's what he does. It, like he stimulates his brain, a different part of his brain, while he's running. So he's on the treadmill and he's juggling and he drops them from time to time, but I don't blame him. That's just so he can bend over and pick them up. And I mean, he's learning. Sure. Is that what he's trying to show off to you, Robert? His spandex? I don't think he is. His bicycle shorts. He's definitely not trying to show off. I don't stand anywhere near him when he's doing it though. Cause it seems like a, like a hazard. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But you already know the, the Rubik's cube and, um, other like mind bending thing, like magic tricks on cards. And now you're going to do juggling. So you're just going to be like a one man circus. I like puzzles. I like, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy with the fidget spinners all over his studio. And literally have fidget spinners. Little puzzles and just weird random things because I just enjoy it. You have and a thing of scotch tape sitting there next to it. What looks like a golf tee. And, um, that's the, that's the leave one peg thing that they have at, uh, at Cracker Barrel. Barrel. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm always, um, ignoramus. Oh, what it says on the thing. I know how to do it. There's a there's a, an algorithm. I, I do too. Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> You're worse than me. No, I think we're about the same. We're the same worseness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I was saying, Jake Jones standing a, a complete six foot two and sitting at uh, what is it today? Oh, you just set up four foot three. I'll give you four three. On that oh, one. I like it. Yeah, and uh, one of the like the the most ridiculous brains in the industry as far as producing and songwriting. Um, just. Uh, it's fun when we get to work together because the things I don't even think about, he just comes up with and I, he's the apple to my Eve. Wait, that's, that, wait, that's, is, that's like, like, is that a thing no, from like Snow really, White or something? That's bad. If you are the, that's, wait, so you bite me and then, uh, we blame our cursed for all of you. Thanks. The no, menstrual no, cramps come from you, Jake. Your fault. No, I'm just the apple. Is that biblical? You're no, the woman. You're the apple to my Everybody Eve. knows. So I caused women menstrual. are responsible for the fall of cramps. all of humanity. What did Adam do during all this? Like just kidding. Fortnite or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, dude, you're a ridiculous songwriter and producer. You've got number one billboard charting songs uh, to your name, plaques on the wall, awards hanging from the plaques on the wall, um, and then medals hanging below the awards from the plaques on the wall. And that's how the fly <laughs> is in the belly. 
of the <laughs> the lake wiggled inside the fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, also the guitarist, um, formerly of We As Human, which I ran into somebody in a restaurant the other day wearing a We As Human uh, sweatshirt. Oh, Lisa. Lisa's not listening to this podcast. Yeah, but you knew her Dave's listening from to this her podcast. Backside. Dave, you remember Lisa from Moe's? That was she uh, did say hi to Dave. I remember. She loved Dave. Um, she said that she loved Dave and she misses Tom. Um, so anyway, so um, you as well as Justin Forshaw um, have joined the Dark Side to As We Ascend, which is your new band. As also. We Ascend. Oh, and you're in As We Ascend too as the I, drummer. Why I am a drummer. I forgot to even mention that you're a phenomenal not, drummer. No, it's not important. Well, it's very important. I get to sit down the whole show, and you guys are like running around. Um, but you are one of the two frontmen slash guitarists for the band As We Ascend. Um, also a number one Billboard charting song. Um, as well as a few top fives and other things. Not any of that really matters. <laughs> uh, we're private jets and stuff. Um, no, but <laughs> what was something that I aspire to be when I grow up, quote unquote, I'm already old, but when I get taller, um, is whenever people say the saying, Don't, let's not split hairs, they say that because you already do that. You're a professional hair splitter. I don't know why you do that, but I'm sure you'll tell us. Sure. Well, again, if you recall, uh, one of my uh, side hustles is uh, washing the hair uh, for locks of love. But sometimes, um, you know, old Johnny's been growing his hair out for the last 40 years, but he just doesn't have a lot of hair left. And so he comes in so graciously and says, I would love to donate this hair to locks of love. So before it can be washed and the big hairball and all that, go back and listen to that episode. Um, sometimes we need to figure out how to turn these few hairs into twice as many hairs. And so we split them. Um, it's not that hard, especially a lot of men don't take as good a care of their hair. So their ends are already split. Uh, so you just kind of find those split ends and finish splitting those in half. Um, where the saying came from, I don't completely know. Uh, it's, it's, I don't get it. Um, oh, we're splitting hairs here now because that is a real job and it hurts people's feelings when, when you use it so flippantly like that. I'm so sorry. Um, but, but, uh, do you think that could be applied to people with actual, like the hair still attached before you like, like they want to keep the hair. They just want more hair. It's like balding people or like people with widow's peaks like myself where I want a little bit more hair up in the front. Do you think you could just split the hairs that are up that way and make me have twice as much? Absolutely, you could. So so a lot of times the salons will do that. That's not my job, but yes, you can go in and say, hey, I would like to split hairs. Uh, they'll know what you're saying. <laughs> Trying to pick a fight? Next time you go into your salon, just say, hey, I'd, I'd like to split these hairs if I can. Um, you know, it's thinning a little. Oh, good um, call. I'll bring that up to my barber. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Omed. Um, then at Louise's. What up, Omed? So here we go. Uh, we're we're going to sit down and talk with JT um, absolutely loved, uh, love talking to him, love his heart, love his stories. And, uh, and, and we'll be back. Hello, my friend. How are you? Spectacular. How are you? What's going on, JT? How you doing, man? Dynamite, dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> that makes me so happy. So JT, this, this month is February. This will be our, this is our first episode for the month. And uh, something about February is it is uh, Black History Month, or I guess they're calling it African American History Month. And right. uh, I think something that really set uh, set your band apart is you were recognized and even won awards for being the first. Yeah, you uh, crossed the racial boundaries, uh, but the first integrated one with. Um, I mean, you had African Americans and an Italian American and a woman, um, all in the same group, right. a Puerto Rican. 
um, all in the same Something group nobody was doing. And racially, and that was huge, and you've been recognized for that. But how was it for you in the 50s and 60s when all of this is coming to a head in the United States, uh, being an right. African-American touring, um, entertaining people of all nationalities and all colors? I mean, did you right. ever reach... I know, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, was it easy or hard? I mean, I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know, and, but I'm here now, you, and it's still tough. Let me tell you, when you were a part of music, and you, when you were singing those notes, and the tenor would go up, and the bass would hit it, and people would get goose pimples, and nothing could keep this down. I remember being in Dallas, Texas, and they had the, uh, you know, I call it the Great Divide, this rope going down the middle of the audience. And um, this rope was just there. And uh, all of a sudden, about the mid middle of the show, as let's, let's just say Chuck Berry or uh, Little Anthony and Pirates were doing this song, the people, they, they split up, and then they started dancing with each other. They started doing things. We've been in places where the Ku Klux Klan was our best friend. What? And, and I'm talking about people just, they, they worshiped, they liked us, and they, it was never really an ugly thing. Um, I, I thought it was, it was a people mover and maker. It made people into real people and made them understand each other, or at least gave it an opportunity. Absolutely. That is wow. incredible. Oh man, Robert and I both are, are looking at our arms. Goose as pimples our, right here. <laughs> um, hey, this is what made it happen. I'm the, Martin Luther King, great. Okay, without the music, none of it would be now. And, uh, you know, I, this is our legacy. And things, um, music is the only American thing that I know of uh, that, that is purely uh, um, our music and the way we delivered it all over the world. It was truly the one thing that if I said America, name something that is America, it's our music. Uh, when you think of the crest and, and they speak of African-American and Italian, the first crest that I was, I live in a Jewish neighborhood, the first crest that, that I uh, had, they were all Jewish. <laughs> and so wow. no wonder can equate, you know, Judaism, uh necessarily with a uh, doo-wop, you know? But this is when people were people. They, they always gave you a chance. And if you could sing, you, you got all of the, uh, all the goodies that came along with it. <laughs> so it's 1951, and... That's a you're, long you're... time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you say, I want to sing. I want people to, to hear my voice. I want to I share this, this music with people. How does it first begin? What was that? What was the spark? What was that first time you ever sat down? Maybe you formed a band or you performed in front of somebody. What was it? Well, I'll tell you. Number one was the first thing. It sounded bad to me, <laughs> and, and uh, I really thought that you know it didn't. It didn't come out sounding as good as it wound up in the end, <laughs> right? We didn't have Willie Winfield and the Hobtones and all of them. It, uh, we had the Five Keys and, and some groups like that. But it just, I was elected. I was chosen by, by God or just people around me because I'd be, you know what I mean? Whoa. I, I'm a bass, but I sing five octaves easily. Wow. And, um, 
I just, uh, since I could do it and people were after me to do it, I did it. And whenever I heard a wrong note, I would interject that. And um, it was by mistake. It just, it just came. It came because it was a natural thing. And when I saw Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, right? Sure. Which was the first one that really got my attention. And they were on the Alan Freed show at the Academy of Music in New York. And they had just come back from Europe with Alan Freed. And I, I got really, I got kind of excited about that. How did you find these people to jump on board and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the crests with you. How do we, I mean, how did you find them? The internet wasn't a thing well, then. Well, uh, I'll tell you uh, the way you found them first, you probably cringe as you heard them singing in the hallway or in the subway. And, and then what happened was some of the ones that turned out to be better or have, there was always one guy in the group with ears, uh, to have ears, you have to sort of know the harmony, know how the harmony falls and flows. I was not interested in show business at all. I was, you know, I wanted to be a pilot, and I that I did become afterward. But I wanted to. Um, I I didn't want to necessarily do music, but after I saw everybody doing it, and it was a popular thing, and the girls had big eyes, and they would chase us. And, oh, the uh, girls. <laughs> before autograph, before we had records, we were signing autographs on the street and in school. Wow! You know, wow! And so the music just opened up all all the doors, and uh, we could go into a foreign neighborhood, and there'd be people there that didn't speak English. But as soon as we started singing, this thing uh, it lowered all the all the barriers, and, and people were together and. Uh, it was it was a wonderful thing. It was like I say, crossing the bridge. You're going from one thing to another, and this was a thing where there was this beauty there. We were never sat upon. No one never threw rocks at us or anything, because we were singing, and singing is a thing of peace and love. Wow. When guys would start, see, uh, a guy said to me, he says, "Yeah, he says, ah, oh, your group wasn't so great. You had a one hit wonder." I said, you want to know what it was to have one hit? <laughs> what it was was enormous. The yeah. world knew about it. The world talked about it. The world still uses it in Africa and all over in Japan. Yeah, the, everywhere. And so I said, Even a movie I, named I after think it. That, yeah, but I think that that's a pretty big accomplishment, even if you only had one major, major hit, right? Absolutely. Man, it only takes one. That's all that it takes. I'm telling you. And they've been singing it for for, for 40 some odd years, 50 years. What's unique about this song is that it has lasted the test of time. It's a timeless song. It will be sung for several generations to come. It will leave a legacy that will last longer than any of us. And I think that as a songwriter right. and as a musician and a performer, that's that's what we're really all hoping for. You did well, it. Well, this music opened the door. It opened the door for, uh, you know, it made friends out of enemies and, and things like that. It made people love, uh, love people they used to hate. And uh, the music uh, did everything. Religion, from religion to classical and the music is our thing, and doo-wop, uh, so-called doo-wop, was uh, open the door. It crossed the bridge first, yeah. you know? 
So when you were, when the crests were um, on top of their A game and 16 Candles was hidden and you guys were playing different right. venues all over the country, uh, right. was it a tour bus or how did you get there? What was your, did you stay in hotels? What was your, your day, day-to-day looking like? A day in the life of well, the rich and famous. I'll tell you this. The best show that you would ever see would be on a tour bus with uh, the Drifters, uh, the Platters, uh, uh, Frankie Valley, uh, Frankie Avalon, uh, Neil Sadaka, uh, Connie Francis. All of these people, we'd be all crowded on three or four buses together. And going from town to town, the music never stopped. The music, the singing, the harmonizing never stopped. And then when we got to the gig, it was surprising we had voices left because we'd be singing all night. Wow. Right? On the way to the gig. Wow. And a couple of times the Ivy Brothers and them had, you know, a little hard time making it because they'd be singing all night. You'd be singing the day before. I mean, you were singing more than you were eating or going to the bathroom. It was a natural thing. There were times when I was on a bus with Elvis. There were times when I was with Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. We were singing doo-wop. What? And the, these wonderful times that were there. And it's all because of one thing, the music. And the music was love. Now they sing about, uh, uh, about uh, making love it, in today's music. And we used to sing about being, about being in love. Being in love, yeah. That was it. We wanted to be in love, <laughs> wow. and we were, with our music and each other. So, JT, um, tell us about the subway. I know that kind of back in that time, that was a, a huge place for performing as well as meeting artists and, and, and kind of finding talent. Um, what is your story with the New York subway? That is where it all came to be in the subway, right? And uh, if you had money, you know you you you'd get on the train and and get off at different stops of of the subway and start singing because the harmony sounded different, right? And every every stop you you get off and sang, the harmony would be different. But and we would meet people from Lower Manhattan all the way up to the Bronx and to Coney Island uh, for people to give us, they give us money, they give us whatever, right? You'd wind up meeting movie stars and stuff like that right on the subway. The one that started it all, Aretha Franklin, one of the guys in my group used to go with Aretha Franklin. And uh, his name is Talmud Jagal. And he met her on the subway. So there, were, there was one meeting that was was extra special because it kicked off uh, the recording of your of of y'all's first two singles, um, and that right, was meeting right. the wife of Al Brown. Yeah, she uh, she was a really a beautiful lady. You see, that's what would attract would attract people to us. We were all different, but we were not different. We were really the same. We looked different, but together we had a sound that that came together as one. It was like a knuckle sandwich, you know, you get a full punch with punch with all five fingers. And whenever we people would see us, they'd really be interested in how we were together. 
they would party with us, hang out. If we if they knew we were going to be on a certain stop, they'd take the train just to come and see us on 42nd Street. Wow. Singing on the corner. That was the way it was, but um, uh, Al Brown were all, they were our partners with uh, Willie Winfield. A lot of the groups from Brooklyn, that's how they got started. Little Anthony Imperials got started from there. Um, the Crest, a lot of the groups came from Brooklyn. And the reason why they were famous, it was the fact that they would take the D train or train and get off at a certain stop and just start singing. And before you know it, someone like that wonderful lady would walk up and say, take my husband's card. I like the way you are. So we went to a party. We sang for Willie Winfield uh, for a birthday party and then for his kids. And eventually, they introduced us to the people from Broadway that had a publishing company and a record company, Coed Records. Coed, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. what was it like when, okay, you, you, you just deal with Coed, 16 Candles becomes a thing. And this is after Sweetest One um, had already been, right. that, that had already charted. It did well. Um, so, 16 Candles becomes a thing. What was it like? The first time you heard your song played somewhere outside of the studio or outside of a subway um, or a stage that you were on, but like, what was it a jukebox or was it on a radio station or a DJ playing it? Where where were you and how did you feel the first time you heard one of your songs um, played somewhere else? Well, it was it was unreal. But before I tell you that, I want you to know the sixteen candles or twenty one candles, right? Really? I <laughs> and I used to fight with the group. Uh, I used to fight with Johnny Maestro a lot. They named it the Crest, uh, plural. I named the group the Crest singular because of a mountaintop, right? Yeah. The Crest of the wave. When the wave breaks, bingo, it's the most beautiful part. It's exciting. It's the Crest, right? Sure. Still till today, they call it the Crest, well, plural. And I meant singular. The, the song was named 21 Candles. And I said, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't match up. And so well, since I was the one uh, that always went in the back room and, and got the harmony together and everything, we interjected the 16 Candles. Wow. And Johnny Maestro pick up on it. And he, and he used to fight because he used to like to prove that he, was, he <laughs> thought he was the leader. And meanwhile, he was just the guy in the group. You know what right. I mean? Okay, so 21 candles, okay. 16 candles. You hear it coming from somewhere. Uh, how did you feel and where was that somewhere? Well, uh, when we, uh, 16 candles, see, we we were uh, we already had local hits. We had, you know, My Juanita, Sweetest One. Sweetest and one. so w- we were set up, we were set up to, 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 uh, to arrive at a hit, you know? Yeah, we we were set up for that because we had songs before that were extremely popular, and these songs were I call them turntable hits because they 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 got a lot of airplay, and and, and people really really stuck to those songs. But they were moving them kind of fast. If they had moved them slower, we would have had more number twos and more number ones. But they were shocked every time we came out with a song. How the people, you know, gravitated toward us and how the people accepted this music from us. And uh, 16 Candles, well, I like Beside You Better, uh, which was the flip side. Okay, yeah. And, uh, and, and I thank the moon. 
and songs like that, I thought they were better songs. And in fact, uh, the thing that attracted them to us uh, was, uh, you know, our sound and our racial difference. Uh, there were some people that didn't really take, because it seemed like we were changing things by by having an integrated group, but they would always come out to see it, and they would put us on top billing and do stuff like that. It was wonderful. That's incredible. Wow. Don't you go anywhere. I wasn't. I was just looking. Sit down. I wasn't Sit even, down. I wasn't even trying to stand up. I haven't moved. But we do need to take a break. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Bye. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and I got a huge announcement for all of you songwriters out there. The Song Chasers commercial songwriting course is now available, and you can get it for a special deal at turnedappodcast.com slash Seth, just like my name, S-E-T-H. This is a comprehensive course in commercial songwriting for anyone who wants to be a part of writing a hit song. Again, go over to turnedappodcast.com slash Seth. Everything you need to know about commercial songwriting, turnedappodcast.com slash Seth. Welcome back to the I'm podcast. Coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Okay, okay I'm back, I'm oh, here. Okay, Robert had to relieve himself. That was just about the time I needed. During the break. And, uh, and then here Ooh. we go, diving right back in. Doo-wop, um, in general, has a lot of vocals on it. But then, I mean, listening to your songs, you can hear sometimes strings or, or woodwinds or, I mean, there's drums and guitar and stuff like that. Uh, how, how did that process work for you um, with that many people and that many instruments and that many voices? <laughs> a mess. <laughs> it, was, it was a mess. They should have had separation and they should have been able to split tracks and do stuff and all that stuff we had. Because, number one, if you want a reverb, you go out in the hall. Yep. Right? What? Yeah, you, you you'd go out in the hall and you'd have one mic at the, uh, one mic to sing into on one side and a speaker on the other side. And when that sound hit that hit that speaker on the other side, it echoed. It echoed. And so you'd go to a different part of an office building or place like that where there was um, uh, uh, you know uh, that that echo and that sound and. Uh, you, uh, if you lucked out and hit it just right, and no one walked up the stairs, <laughs> right? You were you were happy, and you got a hit sound. Wow. But the whole thing about it is, when I say it was a mess, sixteen candles, we did twenty eight takes. That wow. meant that every instrument, every singer, everybody had to be on for twenty eight takes, and the band hated us <laughs> because we made. <laughs> We took 28 takes to make it happen. Wow. Right. Nowadays, you know, it's it's everything's done separately. You don't even ever have to meet the other musicians that, that are on your song. Half the time, you yeah. don't. Yeah, you know, most of the time you don't, the way it, the way I'm seeing it these days. Yeah. What, what do you prefer? Do you feel like there was a magic that was captured recording everything at the same time back then? Or do you think that the way we do it now, separate, that it's it's better or worse? I think it's a blend of the two is the way to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes the best mixes come after, uh, way after you put the song through all the paces and things like that, and all of a sudden you stumble on one that was supposed to be a demo, right? Right. And it turns out to be the best thing to come out of the session, That's, right? That's we crazy. There's so many stories of some of the biggest hits in the world that that turned out to just be the demos because maybe they recorded it and the magic just wasn't there. 
They overthought yep. it. They tried too hard. Uh, and there's right. just something honest about the first time or the first couple times that song ever leaves your lips or the first time you ever play it that you'll never right. truly be able to recapture. Yeah, and that's the way it was. You could never really recapture that. And uh, if I had to do it, it would have probably always been like that at random because <laughs> at random is what made it happen. Wow. So just kind of um, chronicling your your life and success you were doing the crest in the fifties in the sixties touring like crazy kind of looks like towards the beginning you right. recorded little miracles with Tony Middleton right in 73 you met a beautiful woman named right Leona in 78 uh, the crest is kind of um, you, you've already kind of plateaued we'll say uh, as far as commercial success goes and you guys maybe weren't playing quite as much. Uh, looks like maybe you were just a trio and eventually you just kind of disbanded towards the end of the 70s. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, but although we kept doing gigs, we'd be doing them uh, any place we could. <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't let it go. And um, whenever uh, places that uh, maybe couldn't afford to have the crest or Freddie Paris and the Five Satins. Oh, by the way, I was with I was with Freddie Paris and the Five Satins for for some time. I was with Charlie Thomas and the Drifters, oh, yeah. and I was with uh, what's his name, Teddy Pendergrass. Wow, Teddy Pendergrass. I did two that or three albums too. with him. Wow. Yeah, and I was also with the Brooklyn Bridge for some time. Uh, one hit wonder, <laughs> you know, just one shot, and you got it. And you got it. So we'll fast forward. Um, so that's that kind of talks. A, I mean, that's a lot of what you were doing in the eighties, the uh, into the nineties. Uh, in the year two thousand, the Crests were inducted into the United and Group Harmony Association, uh, or UGHA right. Hall of Fame, um, and that just kind of set off a, a series of Hall of Fames that <laughs> that you were inducted into. Yeah, that next decade, like 2004, inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame, which is awesome. And then a couple of years after that, or a few years after that, 2008-ish, uh, the Duop Hall of Fame. Um, right. And then, man, then started things started coming around again. I mean, this is 50, 60 years later. Um, so 2013, uh, you recognized uh, on the Pennsylvania State House floor for a lifetime in music and as the first African-American to form an interracial local group in the U.S., which we talked about last episode, um, which is nothing, you know, to turn a shoulder to. That's that's a huge accomplishment, um, and it it is it's a huge accomplishment to do that these days. It's a huge accomplishment, huge accomplishment to do that fifties and sixties with all that turmoil going on in the states as it was already. But like you said, man, that music will gel people together like none other. Hey, that music it got them together, and that music can keep them together. All you have to do is just relax. And, and feed it to your kids, show them what's happening with it, and uh, it'll all be all right. This life is not going away uh, in bad shape. It's going to be wonderful for us. No joke. Come so on. in 2014, you were personally honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award from the, Lee, uh, the Lehigh Valley Music Awards in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And then a year later in 2015, you were personally inducted into the Doo-Wop Music Hall of Fame. Um, right, man. So then uh, a couple years after that, uh, 2016, you, along with Charlie Thomas of the drifters and Ernest Wright of little Anthony and the Imperials were all honored in both house and Senate chambers. 
at the state capitol in Dover, in the state of Delaware, for uh, your contributions to American music, declaring you guys as rock and roll royalty, which is freaking rad. (laughs) And (laughs) well-deserved. That was a nice way to say it, wasn't it? Um, But there's there's so much truth there. I mean, Jake and I do a lot of rock music, and it's it, I, there's this moment speaking to you. I got the chills because I was thinking this is this is how I'm able to do what I do today, like a legacy like like the one that you've created, and the part the small part that at the time that you were doing was such a huge part in the music industry um, that right. that set that, that paved the roads to give me the opportunity to do what I do today for a living, and Jake as well. Absolutely. But this was like, this was our history. This is our musical career history. People have the history of their companies they work for and the history of McDonald's and the history of whatever they do for right. a living. Uh, but being a self-employed music producer, like what you did just allows me to do what I do. So thank you. Holy smokes. My, my pleasure. And uh, <laughs> let's not forget one other guy that was with the Crest back during uh, those days uh, was Jimi Hendrix. What? Yeah, he played guitar. He played, uh, you know, I, I had him in a group. He played guitar. Of course, he was more interested in Janice Joplin. And, <laughs> <laughs> so Jimi Hendrix you know, was playing no, guitar it, for you guys. It, yeah, he was playing guitar for us. And the first time I gave him a $100 bill, he says, do I have to split this with the whole band? <sighs> wow. Right? Just some little no-name words, guitar player kid. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but those guys at that time, you uh, a good guitar player was like $25 a night. And Jimi Hendrix played with us for nothing. I want to know, how did you find him? What, Where did he come from? How how did he wind up playing for the Crest? Greenwich Village. Greenwich Village, village uh, the Cafe Wah, which you could see everybody at the Cafe Wah. You named them, that's where they were, Right. Yeah. And a lot of the groups from England got their popularity because, uh, you know, they either played the Cafe Wa or they were the Beatles and all of them. This was their music. It was their music and their time. And Jimi Hendrix was, uh, he was out there, and uh, he and Janice were drinking that Jack Daniels and having a good time. We did it together. So that is that is absolutely incredible. So, so all this, man, that is... So rad. I can only imagine you were rolling in the dough, right? You just, you had Absolutely. so much money. You were stuffing your pillowcases full every night. With just those to, $100 bills? To fluff them up. <laughs> no, I was giving, I was giving a lot of it away too. I had kids. I was with the Brownsville Boys Club. I was a mentor for the kids. Wow. And I gave, I gave a lot of it. I gave a lot back. And, uh, why? Because I could. <laughs> and yeah. it was a wonderful thing to do. And it makes you feel good. everybody got to give back. Yeah. So today, being successful in the music industry, honestly, it hardly and rarely ever means that you have that kind of money. I mean, there's a select few that are able to do that. And by select few, I mean a select few. The mega, mega stars. Um, But, you know, there's even stories you can listen. Uh, I love Lady Gaga did an interview with Howard Stern where she talks about uh, bankrupting herself just to go on tour um, while she was, while she was, the whole world knew her name. Um, Yeah, right. So that, I mean, that's that's a big change from the way things were in the 50s and 60s for sure. Um, what is life like for you today? Do you still have mountains of cash? Are you still 
rolling in that dough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a, a one hit wonder and that really that's all you need. That's, that's nothing to scoff at by, <laughs> yeah, any, right. by any means. That's, that's an easy thing. One hit, one hit wonder. Right. So you're right. But right. It, it takes time. It takes time to have that one hit. And if you're lucky enough to just have one, you really done pretty, pretty darn good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this doesn't mean that the rest weren't uh, successful, but everybody equates number one as being it. Absolutely. Because the thing is, you don't get to take the money with you when you're gone. You don't take the cars. Right. You don't take the, the fancy houses and all the cool things. I love to tell the story. I played Red Rocks for the second time. We played it twice. And uh, two weeks later, I, I was back rolling burritos and, and, and uh, helping <laughs> hey, customers yeah. cleaning tables. See, that's honest. And that's good stuff. It that's is. Like, that's like heaven sent because, you know, there's more than one side. If you can help people and, and at least be honest and, and, and not be the big guy that everyone sees and you're a human being, I think you've accomplished a whole lot right there. Uh, you said that music, uh, back when, when back in your day when you were making music, was about finding love and uh, being in love. Being in love, whereas music today is, and and I love that you put it this way, is about making love. Um, although I'm I'm sure some of the artists out there don't call it it's something quite so eloquent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's it, so real quick, just a just a kind of a fast recap. So you started the crests, um, the crest, the crest, um, and it, it, uh, the big, the, your biggest hit, uh, being 16 candles started off originally as 21 candles, uh, but it just didn't sound right, right, which I totally agree. Um, you traveled the world, you rubbed shoulders with the biggest and best and greatest artists of that time. Everyone from, Frank Sinatra and uh, Ian Buddy Mar- Holly, Marilyn Monroe, and the Kennedys, and everybody, um, and Elvis. kissed Marilyn Monroe. You wait, what? <laughs> and kissed Marilyn Monroe. Oh my! No way! You love sixteen candles. He grabbed me and hugged the biggest kiss you ever want to see, and that was beautiful. Oh my! That was beautiful. I believe it. That's my Gemini buddy. JT, <laughs> JT kisses and tells. That's. <laughs> that we're changing the name no, of our podcast. Well, I didn't go any farther with it. <laughs> we because we used to go to the White House and and they had parties in the White House all the time. And Bobby and we sing a little harmony and do a lot of things like that. Oh man! So how about all the money that you made from Sixteen Candles? I mean, surely you still have tons of it left, right? You know, uh, they say, "Well, what happened to all the royalties?" Well, I am getting royalties. Yeah. And uh, it, it's coming, you know, it's coming very good with Sound Exchange now. And the whole thing is, um, you know, it, it's pretty hard to take some money from a record and stretch it uh, 60 years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, so, and so what I'm saying is, it, enjoy it while it's there. I mean, I've done things with my kids and all of that and my wife and there are a lot of things, but most of the thing that I did that's more important is whenever you met me, you don't go away empty. Uh, you find something that you that you're going to like and that you're going to appreciate, and uh, I, I don't take it lightly. And I think that uh, to give love 
and is more important than anything else. And to receive love is, uh, you know, just as important. But the money will not last forever. There are a lot of people who are not doing so well. You know, you live for your soul. And, and, and if you got that happening and people walk away from you feeling good about themselves, I think you've accomplished everything life is about. So you've been at this almost, gosh, 70 years and you've, you've worked with some of the greats, I mean, legends. At this point, um, you're one of the, the few standing. Right. I mean, tell me about that. What is that like? You better believe it. I saw Aretha Franklin almost wearing diapers. Uh, and, uh, and all the rest of them, you, you name them, Sam Cooke, uh, what's his name, Otis Redding, um, Marvin Gaye, all these people were just, they weren't, they look, at, they look at me, the ones that are still alive, they look at me and say, wow, you're still here? Because uh. I was there when, I, when, when they came, and um, I'm still there, thank God. Wow, absolutely. I was with uh, Elvis Presley in Las Vegas, and I remember he looked out the window. He was just staring out the window. I said, hey, man, what's happening? You are the king, you know. And uh, he says, we got trouble tonight. <laughs> we got trouble. I'm trying to figure out what trouble could he have, right? Sure. There was 500 women, at least, down in the lobby. <laughs> and downstairs, outside, outside, screaming up, screaming up, Elvis, 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 and throwing kisses at us and, uh, and, and panties and all this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I said, like, what could, what could be wrong? He said, there's 500 women down here, at least. I said, yeah. He said, we got to get them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. That's hilarious. You know, it's stuff like that. It's crazy. What a life, you know? man! What uh, this is? It's it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own life from from birth to death, and you've lived a lot of life and have the most incredible stories to tell, and the most interesting and amazing um, at the same time uh, stories to listen to, as well as ad- advice and uh, just lessons oh. to learn from. So JT, I know that you're still very active. You're still making music. You're still performing. Um, and I also heard through the grapevine that you're still doing studio work. Um, why don't you tell me about that? And what if, what if I'm an artist and I want to work with you? Uh, how would that work? What would I need to do? Um, what, what's my criteria? Anyone that wants to work with someone's body with a heart, with a heart that shows, I wear it on my sleeve as far as I'm concerned. I feel like I've accomplished a whole lot. I feel real great. And someone like that, it is interesting. He doesn't have to have one hit record. So anyone that's, uh, that's out there in it, I think I can provide a lot. I think I can bring a lot to the table. I think that you have more than just a musical talent to bring to the table. Um, just being in the room with you, um, even talking to you over the phone right now as we are, uh, you, you've given us a lot. Um, but you said that you're willing to work with people even without a hit record under their belt. Um, we, If you say that on this podcast, our listeners will take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- listen, if you have anybody that's interested in doing anything at all, the first hour or two, we're going to know if there's anything there. And so 
Um, that's the way I do it. I do it straight out, unadulterated. I just, I, I, I let it shine. But if there's anybody that wants to do something, contact me. I'm there. I'm available. Prepare for the influx of people because I'll actually do it. And we'll send them your way. But if there's anyone that you know that's interested in doing something really, really, really kick-ass and go after something, I'm the guy for the project. We've got and, it. Uh, when I meet people at random is the way I like to meet. And uh, it always grows better. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. For Ag- sure. Agreed, man. Hey, we're going to do that. JT, thank you so much for letting us pick your brain about this. Oh, yeah. It's been our pleasure for sure. I, I have one final question for you. Um, so it, it, here it is, t- 2019. Uh, you started uh, a, an amazing group, an amazing career in the 1950s. If, if there is one thing that JT Carter could go back to 1953 and tell himself... What would it be? I wish I would have kept Juanita. You remember? My Juanita. Good song. I wish I could have kept Juanita for my whole life. And uh, that was the girl with the hips that used to walk through the project. And when she walked, you'd hear. I'd go back again. And I just to see Juanita and say hello. Wow. That's crazy. And Patricia Vandros. Do you know that? Uh, Patricia Vandros? Yes. Was my first girlfriend, so to speak. And Luther was was her brother. And uh, he used to bug us while we were trying to rehearse and do things. And uh, his mother would come and slap him and say, get out there and leave them alone. They're going to be somebody one day. Wow. That, that pesky Luther Vandross. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Imagine someone telling you one day, one day they're going to be somebody. In other words, insinuating that you wouldn't be somebody. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then you wind up doing albums with Pavarotti, uh, with that Frank Sinatra, and you go on to that kind of fame. I guess he really showed them something. Absolutely. He showed us something, too. Absolutely. And a house is not a home when there's no one there to hold you tight and no one there that you can hear. Well, thank you so much again for being on with us. Uh, it, it's it's an honor for us. Thank you. My, my pleasure. And you guys are wonderful. Stick with it. Stay out there and make it happen and keep this music going. Because I'm telling you, they can't do it better. They cannot do it. Nothing that could influence them to do it better than it's already been done. And just be happy with our love. Amen. Well, God bless you, JT. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. God bless everybody. In the still of the night, I held you, held you tight. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, what else can you say after talking to that guy? And uh, what a heart to have and a way to look at life, an outlook to have in general um, with the whole history that you have. So we heard from, from, uh, from our, our contact that was able to hook us up with JT that 
Um, maybe his life is not quite as grandiose as it used to be. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's significantly less grandiose than maybe some of our normal lives at this point. And that's all too common. It's a story we hear a lot. And should that be the case, man, a guy to, to hold his chin up like that at this time, instead of saying, man, I had it once and now I don't. Now blah, and I blame blah, blah, this blah. guy. Is me? And Why yeah. did we do this? Oh man, if we could go back and take, take one thing back, I would go back and not sign that contract. For him to say, if he could go back and change one thing, he would have talked to Juanita. Juanita, the girl who makes you want to go. I remember what he said. And that was, I la- that was so good, man. That was, just being able to talk to a guy like that who's seen it all. He was there. He lived it. He walked the walk. He was on the tour buses. Man, rubbing elbows with all of those people. Come on. So if there's anything that you could take away from this episode, it's that music really... Uh, it just has such a powerful way to to connect people, to show love, to uh, to really um, to really dissolve boundaries and barriers like nothing else really can. Uh, and uh, that was probably my favorite part of what he had to say was was uh, being at those shows and and having a line where blacks had to stand on one side and whites on the other. And the Great Divide, is that what he called it? Yeah, and then the music gets going and and the the rope comes down because it just doesn't matter. And uh, and I hope that our nation, whether whether it's political division, whether it's racial division, whether it's religious division, uh, that we can let those barriers fall down and just learn to love because no matter what you believe, um, the truth is that there is no fault in love. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, sorry, got deep there for a second. Oh, but speaking of love, we have been given so much love by our patrons. Oh, yes. We have new patrons even. We should probably name a few of these guys. Yes. So, uh, Robert, I will let you have the honors. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast every week. Oh, yeah. I can't name them all. Um, looking at the list here, we do have a few new ones. We've got XOB Cry, who is new as of just, you know, a few days ago. Uh, welcome to the club. You have been officially added to the private Facebook page. Um, so make sure everybody welcomes he or she, uh, him or her, them, they, it, we, us. <laughs> I'm running out of pronouns. Uh, to the club. Um, but uh, just randomly spot pointing at some people here. We've got Jen Walter. One. Oh, so Jen Walter gets to um, and has sat in on the podcast while we recorded. And uh, I know we have... Some other people who are able to do that as well. Um, we've got Super Justin. I like saying it that way, and I think he called us out on it, saying it that way too <laughs> on social media. Um, Justin. Davin C. Casey. Uh, we've got Biaco, MD Biaco. MD Biaco. Biaco. MD. A doctor. M- yeah, you know. Anyway, um, and a whole bunch more. There's a handful of other ones on here that. I'm Thank you all everybody. so much. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys are the ones who are keeping this alive. And afford us the ability to host our podcast online and put it on the iTunes and and uh, spend some time in the recording studio making this. And uh, special thanks to Real Sound. Uh, I noticed they have a new logo, which is really cool. Yes, Real Sound. Uh, some new stuff coming out from those guys. Uh, some podcasts I know that they have coming down the the pipe. Uh, like JT said, if you have a music project or have someone who you think's or someone you think, let's make that singular, uh, who would be interested in having JT be a part of your music project, 
uh, get in touch with us. Um, we're on the, all the socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Turned Up Podcast. And of course, Facebook.com slash Turned Up Podcast. And all three W's dot Turned Up Podcast and then a dot com at the end of that. You can definitely find us there. Um, also, follow us. Follow us everywhere uh, that you can find us. Stalk us. Um, as long as I don't see you peeking into my windows, then... It doesn't happen. It doesn't matter if, they don't, if he doesn't see you. So, yeah, tree yeah, falls on the floor. Yeah, I get it. Just okay. turn your flash off on your camera. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, uh, and then uh, moving on past that is uh, lots of other fun things. Distraction, distraction. I, I could still... Yeah, I'm, don't look over here. Don't look over here. What are you, why are you taking a picture of me right now? I'm, this isn't me taking a picture of you. I can see you taking a picture of me right now. Oh, I, you know what I, we should do? JT said that he was going to send us the original, his version of... 16 candles. We should post that on the private Facebook page for our patrons. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe a clip of it publicly, like on our socials. I don't know. I don't know if it's 16 candles or maybe it's 21 candles. Good point, Jake. Good point. Touche. I don't know. (laughs) uh, Anyway, he's going to send that to us and we will, um, we'll put it somewhere on the interwebs. Probably. It's probably one of those exclusive content things that we should probably. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, on our private Facebook page, if you're not one of our patrons, Go to www.turnedappodcast.com, the right-hand corner, upper right-hand corner. You should hit the button that says become a patron and then just follow the instructions. It's really easy. Yeah, and then there's some cool kickbacks, anything. uh, I think you can uh, monthly... yeah, it depends on what you want to start out with. Five, I think five or ten dollars. I need to go check. It's five or ten dollars a month, all the way up to like five hundred dollars a month. It's not um, a lot, and we'll give you, you a yacht if you give us five thousand dollars a month. No, no, we won't. Um, no, yeah, that's no, that's a. It's uh, uh, we're going to get kicked off real sound for that. Well, uh, we will give you a whole bunch of stickers. No, you get a lot of cool things. But I don't even know what it is. Um, I guess you get to be a, a host on the podcast if you give us five hundred a month. I don't know how it works. Um, but we have like stickers and mugs and all sorts of opportunities. But uh, if you want to hear this uh, behind the scenes stuff and some private podcast things we do and some snippets of things that we don't put in the podcast, you want to be a patron because you get added to the secret Facebook page for turned up people. Made lots of videos and lots of fun things while we were at the iHeart Podcast Awards that are up there. And you guys get to help make decisions for us. Um, So when it comes down to things, even secrets behind the scenes that you aren't supposed to know, uh, we pull the room and kind of make decisions that way. Yes. Also, keep a lookout for the award shows, our rigged t-shirts coming soon per your request. Yes, uh, we are making those available for sale and we'll put them up on the interwebs very, very soon if they're not already by the time this podcast airs. So uh, I think that's all I want to talk about today. We love you so very much. Thank you for sticking around and listening. How about that Super Bowl yesterday? Am I right? Yeah, the team. That, that one with the football that, that won, won the game. And, oh, no, I feel bad for the losers, though. Oh. And because we're recording this before the Super Bowl airs, we have no idea what happened yesterday. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, as you were saying, Jake. I was just going to say we love you, and until next week, this is Nashville signing out. Peace.